Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. From KQED. If you live or work in San Francisco, you likely hear this sound every Tuesday at noon. It's a sound with its own Yelp page. Average rating, four stars. Here are some of the reviews. It was late morning on a Tuesday when I was eating lunch with my friend and her kids at the Cheesecake Factory in Union Square when the noon siren went off. All the tourists and my friend looked alarmed, like, uh, what's happening? Is the city falling down? When I'm feeling nostalgic for the olden days of air raid sirens and A-bomb drills, I take comfort in the fact that San Francisco gives me a weekly refresher with the Tuesday noon siren. The Tuesday noon siren has become its own sort of entity and local character that people look forward to hearing and even tracking time to. That's certainly the case for this week's Question Asker. It is my total North Star for when it is Tuesday. Literally every time it happens, I go, it's Tuesday at noon. This is Jennifer Corbell. She's a native San Franciscan who grew up in the Sunset District. So basically my entire life I've been hearing this siren. And for decades, every time she hears it, she's wondered. When did it really start and um, how does it work? I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious, where we answer your questions about the Bay Area. Today, the history and mechanics of San Francisco's noon siren. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. KQED's Julie Kane takes it from here. It's a little before noon on a Tuesday, and I'm at San Francisco's Department of Emergency Management, right across from Jefferson Square Park in the Fillmore. I'm standing in a room filled with computers and monitors and blinking lights. What time is it now? It's 11.53. That's Joseph Molinari. He works for San Francisco's Department of Technology. And my main function is to maintain and operate the siren system, the outdoor public warning system. The outdoor public warning system, better known as the Tuesday noon siren, 
a way to let San Franciscans know what to do if something seriously bad happens, a major earthquake, say, or a tsunami. You could announce real time over the microphone that to, for people to stay out of this area, or if there was, there was an earthquake and buildings were unsafe, you could tell people to evacuate certain areas. The first sirens were installed in 1942. World War II was going on, and they were used to warn citizens of air raids. Right now, there are 114 sirens strategically located all over the city. And every Tuesday at noon, an actual human being clicks a mouse to set off the system. If it was all automated and there was an emergency, then the person here may not be familiar with the operation of the system. It's not just city employees who do the Tuesday test, though. There's also a group of volunteer ham radio operators called the Auxiliary Communication Service, or ACS. Molinari says they're a big part of making sure we stay safe. And they station themselves throughout the city at, on Tuesday at noon and listen to the sirens. And if they, if they can't hear the voice, for example, or they can't hear the siren wail in a specific area, they report on that. We better let John get in here so that he can... You synced them? Okay. Okay, so about a minute. It's 11.59. John Del Porto, a central fire alarm dispatcher, readies himself at a computer terminal, hand poised on a mouse. So right at 45, we go ahead and set the siren off, and then at noon, the siren goes ahead and goes off. So we're now 21 seconds away. Okay, I went ahead and set the siren off. Good afternoon, Jim. This is Alpha Alpha 6 Sierra Foxtrot. My name is Peter Papa Echo Tango Echo Romeo. I am located at 22nd Street and Carolina. I am outdoors. I heard siren number one. Peter McElmurray, Alpha Alpha 6 Sierra Foxtrot, is part of the Auxiliary Communication Service. This is the end of report for AA6SF. We've met high atop Potrero Hill, next to San Francisco's original warning siren, siren number one. Normally, McElmurray reports on siren 85 at Scott and Geary. I live in Japantown, so I report 
uh, from the balcony of my apartment. Like many ACS volunteers, he got the ham radio bug as part of his local NERT, Neighborhood Emergency Response Team. Because the uh, cell phone repeaters could go down, the telephone lines could be down, or they could be clogged up, and we could pass information that would be useful in the event of an emergency. To use the system, you need a license and a call sign from the FCC. All in all, there are over 2,800 licenses issued in San Francisco, though not all of them report on the sirens. We can have 20 to 30 people check in on a given Tuesday, and uh, we get used to them. We recognize their voice, their call sign, their name. Today, McElmurray has a surprise for me. He lends me his radio and his call sign. I get to call in a siren report. So you press the talk button. Okay. Uh, hello. Um, uh, I am using control operator sign uh, AA6SF Alpha Alpha 6 Sierra Foxtrot. My name is Julie, Juliet Uniform Lima India Echo. I'm located at 22nd and Carolina. I'm outdoors. Uh, heard the, sound, uh, the siren tone loud and clear. Uh, we are right by siren number one, and the voice message was heard very clearly, uh, very understandable. It was understood. And this is the end of the report. This is Julie using Alpha Alpha 6 Sierra Foxtrot. That was KQED's Julie Kane. She first reported this story in 2015 for Audiograph, a radio project by KALW Public Radio. Thanks to Bernice Freedom for her help with the story. Thanks also to Jennifer Corbel, who asked this week's question. And hey, a quick heads up, next week is going to be bananas. We're dropping five Bay Curious episodes in five days. And each one unpacks a few of the 11 propositions that Californians are voting on this November. We're calling it Bay Curious Prop Week, and I hope that you'll join us. Everything kicks off Monday, October 8th. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. We'll be back Monday. This is a test. This is only a test. Hi, Big Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.